Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who, if combined, would make one hell of a woodworker. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 358 for February 17, 2017. It's a weekend It's the weekend! Show. Hey-o! Happy right. weekend, everybody. Yeah, today we don't have a single topic. We've just got two email questions that we thought were pretty oh, good. Yeah. They're not a single topic. Not a single we're topic. It's going to do lots of dead air. We're just going to wing it. Uh, and neither one of these have anything to do um, with one another other than the fact that they have, you know, I guess they're both about workbenches, but I just thought they were good questions. So Jeremy Ridley wrote in, he says, knowing the range of types of projects that the three of you typically do, I'm wondering how useful actually is the dead man on a shaker slash rubo bench. I'm sure this mostly depends on how much jointing you do, edge jointing you do, but how much do each of you actually find it useful? So, I'll, I'll go first with this. Now, I actually find it incredibly useful, and I hardly ever do edge jointing. I mean, I might do oh. it very quickly to clean up an edge, you know, for something that maybe the jointer created too many, like, ridges on it, or the table saw isn't clean enough, so I just kind of give it a quick pass. So it is, of course, very useful for that. Um, but man, I find that the leg vice just in general to be incredibly useful just to hold things for... You know, even even just like drilling operations, I was doing some work with the thread taps recently, and I was able to pop the workpiece right into the leg vice. It is my go-to You're vice. Talking about a leg vice, though, and not the dead man. Oh shoot, I misunderstood. <laughs> now, I was really interested because I want to know yeah. how you're using a dead man. Dang, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought on that. You're right. It's oh. the dead man, not the <laughs> leg like, vice. I agree. The leg vice is awesome. Yeah, let me answer a question you didn't ask, Jeremy. Um, <laughs> now let's actually talk about what you did ask. Okay, I just want to see you go back and use a hold fast and a dead man and redo your your thread tap thing oh just, i'll do it i'll make it happen you. you watch just so people can say why didn't you use the leg vice right okay. what's wrong with the leg vice mark's not using the leg vice oh my god yeah. let's pretend hey. uh let's pretend i didn't say anything i just said and i'll, I'll start over um, I, I don't use the dead man all that often. Uh, typically if I've got a very large panel, maybe I'm even just putting like edge banding on a big panel, uh, something that needs a little bit of extra support than, than just the leg vice alone can provide. Uh, a lot of times you don't even need to clamp. It's just kind of resting on a peg or something that's sitting in the dead man. So it does come in handy. I'm glad I have it, but it isn't something that I use on every project. Let's put it that way. It's a much quicker answer than what I gave before. <laughs> um, okay, so two other perspectives here. Shannon, what about you? Uh, technically, I don't have a dead man. Um, I built a sliding leg vise um, based on a kind of a German print in Rubo. Hmm. It's the same principle where it slides up and down the bench and it provides a second uh, point of support, but it's a little bit more robust because it's its own sliding or its own leg vise type setup. Um, my thought was, okay, I want to build this cause it's cool. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, it's a little bit more cumbersome to kind of move it around. So one day maybe I'll build the dead man mm-hmm. and it's been eight years and I still <laughs> have not built a dead man. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's the answer. I mean, I will occasionally, there have been times when I've had a really, really wide panel. Um, but even then, since I built my moxin on my joiners bench, I'll use that because I can put a 24-inch wide panel in there for dovetailing. Um, there have been some times when I'm jointing like a nine-foot-long board. But even then, surprisingly, the leg vise will hold that sucker. Mm-hmm. Um, I will get a little bit of flex just due to the, the, the wood itself, 
you know, wood has flex to it, especially when you get into nine and 10 foot long and it gets a little kind of spongy when you're jointing it. So I'll use a secondary point of attachment. Um, so I'll just bring my sliding leg vice around or I'll just use a hold fast in the leg. Mm -hmm. That would be an instance where if I had the sliding dead man, I would probably use it, but I can think of maybe three times in the eight plus years I've been using my Rubo that I was like, man, I really wish I had a sliding dead man. Um, <laughs> and when that comes up, I go, oh, wait, I've got a sliding leg vice and I use that um, instead. Yeah. So it, it, it's a it's much more involved and could be a, a lot more expensive to build a sliding leg vice like that. But what's awesome is I pop it off and put it on the opposite side of the bench. So then I have two leg vices no, that's one awesome. on the other side, one in, which is really cool when you've got kind of multiple things set up or if you just need like a place to clamp a shooting board or whatever. But yeah, the times that I've needed that extra point of support, and I guess that's a credit to the leg vice, right? True. Going back to Mark's earlier misstep, the leg vice is awesome. <laughs> I love I my leg vice. <laughs> let me. Great. Here, I know you asked this, but let me tell you about something else. <laughs> right. So the, the real answer to that question oh. is, do I need a dead man? I don't know. Do you have a leg vice? You know, here's the flow chart. If yes, then the, the answer is no, you don't need a dead man. If no, I don't have a, a leg vice and I just have like a crochet or something like that. Or maybe, maybe a face vice. I mean, there are plenty of really good face vices. That extra point of support might be beneficial. Yeah. Can we start but, pronouncing crochet as crotchet? Crotchet. crotchet. It just seems crotchety. I would much rather pronounce it crotchet. <laughs> Um, so Matt, what about you? What are your thoughts? Every time, every time I got to get better at this, man. You got to recover faster. Let's make a really funny joke. That, you know, not that it wasn't really ego funny. anymore. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> Trust me. It wasn't that funny. I, you know what? I don't need you to tell me what's funny. What's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He's getting saucy on me. <laughs> Settle down. Come on now. Matt's, oh, Matt's man. getting angry now. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> It's going to be lunchtime. It's getting cranky. So you know what's great about the sliding dead man? There's a what, bunch Matt? of holes in it. It's like a bunch of holes. Yeah. So it means you can store a lot of bench accessories in that sliding <laughs> dead man. Sliding <laughs> store. Like what? That's, yeah. uh, that's pretty much what mine is relegated to, which is holding extra hold fast and uh, my wonder pup. Um, otherwise, I never, I never use it. If I need to hold something longer, I end up using the top hole in the right leg for hold fast storage, technically, technically for holding a hold fast, mm -hmm. but that seems to be like the right height for holding a long board. And you can use a hold fast in it to hold it down flat to the face of the bench. But so it's gotta be really, pretty long to get there, right? To get all the way to that other leg or feet, right? Well, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at looking like an edge edge guide for, or I'm sorry, uh, trimming the edge on a long board, sure. You're going to get there easily. But if you've got a big, like oversized panel, that may not be long enough or wide enough to get to that other leg. I mean, maybe mm. you just don't build things that confront that. There's more Man, of a, like that, a plywood problem. You, that leg vice, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty strong, right? So well, the, the sofa table is like probably the best example of that. I did the, the curves on the front. I cleaned those up with a hand plane. I had the whole top just clamped in the leg vice. It's four feet long. Mm -hmm. so it's a four foot long panel. 24 inches or 20 inches wide, something like that. Yeah. It's just in the leg vice. It's not going to go anywhere. Oh, nice. So, I mean, it needs to be anything over four feet if I really need to work on the edge. Which I don't work on edges that often like that. Yeah. It's not something I usually do. But if you, I need to but, hold. But that's just it. Like I did a, I did an apprentice session in the Hintel school on specifically on jointing long edges. And I grabbed a 10 foot board, threw it in the leg vice and jointed it. 
and <laughs> didn't use a secondary point of support. So, yeah. Plague Vice. Plague Vice, Plague Plague Vice, Vice baby. Back, back to Mark's <laughs> original thing. Plague Vice is great. Yeah, they yeah, are. See? That's what I think. So what else? I mean, storage is good, but you, it does seem like an opportunity for something to be there. But I guess... Here's the other thing. If you decide to go with under the bench storage, you might start to wonder, is this thing in the way? Do I even need it? And I, I've actually been considering that because I'd like to put some storage under the bench. Um, and I'm like, well, do I use the dead man enough to, to keep it? I mean, you could still design a cabinet that allows the dead man to still be in place, but it does kind of obviously will get in the way at some point. Um, but it's got me thinking like, oh, well, maybe I don't actually need it as much as I think I do. I've been thinking about doing the same thing, putting storage under the bench. And uh-huh. since the, the dead man just comes on and off really yeah. easily off that track, right. you could take it off and store it somewhere. If you ever need it, you can just pop it right in front of the cabinets. Yeah, and just keep your cabinets or whatever. Just keep them behind that level and uh, the doors yeah. will be behind it. You'll be fine. That's, that's what I've been thinking about doing. Let's you do that together, man. Out, screw it to the wall, and then you could have all your storage on the wall. There, there you go. go. <laughs> Little peg storage. Or you know what you could do? You could use it like that old school gym exercise yeah. where you put the pegs in there and just put it high enough so you can climb up it. That'd be great. You get your, your presidential <laughs> fitness test. There you go. Uh. Okay. We actually do have one more question here from Chris. He says, I saw or I know that hand – Jeez, what is going on with me? I know that hard maple would be a top choice for a bench top. However, if money doesn't permit, what are the downsides to using Douglas fir two by fours, two by sixes for a workbench? It's butt ugly. <laughs> it's butt ugly. <laughs> Quote Matt on that one. See, I, I disagree with the hard maple thing at the get-go. Oh, I don't think that yeah. would be a top choice for a bench top. Did you I say gecko? Yes. As in like green yeah. lizard? Okay. This episode is brought to you by Geico. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, I just so, I don't know where the the hard maple thing came from. I guess it's just you know we gotta have it super super hard and whatever. And I I just disagree. I think hard maple is too hard a lot of times for a workbench top. I also think it it'll end up being too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I would much rather build it out of soft maple. Yeah, that's which what mine is. May sound like a subtle thing, but you're talking about a 500 psi difference in Janko hardness mm-hmm. uh, between hard maple and soft maple. It's just easier to work with. Um, Douglas fir, I built my joiner bench out of Douglas fir. Um, Douglas fir is plenty, plenty hard. Um, it's a lot harder than most people think it is because of that early and late growth difference. The early growth is very, very soft, but the late growth is ridiculously hard. Um, just try chopping a mortise through it. You'll very quickly learn how hard this stuff is. Um, the thing that's great about Douglas fir specifically is you can usually get it in timber sizes. So like if you're laminating up a top, and you can buy six by twelves. There's a lot less laminations than you know using the two by four and turn it on its side. Mm-hmm. If you need your six by six massive rubo legs, you can go buy a six by six dug fir beam. Um, you know, contact your local timber framer, and they're going to have like seven foot offcuts that are totally useless to them because what are they going to do with a seven foot long board and a timber frame structure? There's mm-hmm. just not a lot of use for it. Braces. Um, so, you know, anything that you can find in sizes already that big, to me, man, you're seriously cutting down in your construction time to build a workbench if you don't have to laminate together legs and tops and all that stuff. Is the quality going to be generally better if you're buying it in a large uh, timber format as opposed to two by fours? Probably just because of, um, well, I mean, <clears throat> I would say compared to two by fours, two by fours are like the junkiest thing ever 
Yeah. See, and that's and my they concern. They tend to be sawn out of smaller trees to begin with. Right. You, know, yeah. you can't get anything but a two by four out of it. So that's why I'm asking um, because everything that I have built over the years that involved construction grade lumber, Douglas fir, has turned to crap. I wanted to say the S word, but I'm holding it. <laughs> so I would, I would not want to see someone take the time to build a workbench out of this stuff. If it's not going to be stable and it's not going to be, you know, dense or have it's enough of a weight on its own to be a good workbench, like just wait till you can get something better. So I would really steer someone away from that. But my, um, I'm allowing for the possibility of number one, regional differences uh, with the, the construction grade lumber that I have access to versus what someone in, I don't know, the, the, you know, East coast might be able to get. Um, and, and of course, if the larger cuts tend to be more stable and maybe a little bit denser or just a better quality, then maybe that is the exception to what I've seen as well. And I've never built anything yeah. from those larger pieces, so I can't speak from experience there. Yeah. I, I definitely think there would be a difference, you know, with a, a six by six over, you know, a, well, first of all, it's really hard to dry a six by six. So a lot of times the piece is just air dry to begin with. Yeah. So you don't have a lot of the added additional just crap that's introduced into the system by super fast kiln drying that you get with construction lumber. Um, you know, you can, all, but it comes down to, there will be a heck of a lot more knots in Douglas fir or yeah, any softwood right. for that matter than, than a hardwood. So um, I think that there are many other options to consider between these two extremes that what uh, Chris is listing here, you know, hard maple and construction lumber. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there are other options there. Um, I built my workbench out of ash because it was dirt cheap at the time, like less than a buck a board foot is what I paid for that stuff. Nice. Um, and, you know, I was able to get a few 12 quarter pieces as well, which was really nice. But for the most part, it was eight quarter lumber all laminated together. But you know, ash is super hard. It's not quite as hard as hard maple. Um, but it was cheap. Yeah. <laughs> that was the guiding, <laughs> the guiding factor there. You were all you know, over cheap. that ash. Yeah. I got all over that yeah. cheap and light in color. I do think making a workbench out of a dark colored wood could get a little bit dark. <laughs> I don't know. Funny how that it happens. <laughs> It's just, there's just something about it. Like, you know, I set, I set my, uh, my plane blades when I first put a plane back into the, the body of the, the plane, I set it by holding the plane against the light background of my bench. And if you've ever held it over like the dark, like anti-fatigue mat on the floor, it's mm -hmm. a lot harder to see what I'm doing. Um, having that light background makes things a lot better. I think it helps visibility overall. I think workbenches yeah. should definitely be light. There's, there's an advantage to that for sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, those are our two questions we're going to do for the weekend show this time. So uh, thank you for listening, everyone. And Shannon, how about you give us some contact info and we'll get out of here. I'd love to. I'd be happy to do that. Good. If you have comments, <laughs> questions, topic suggestions, workbench stuff, you have a dead man in your closet or is it on your workbench? Um, you can Somewhere. leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Woodtalk Online. You can call us at 623-242-5180 or you can use our contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact or just go to woodtalkshow.com, find this episode, scroll to the bottom and leave a comment. Mm -hmm. We love you for Yeah, we love sounds you good. Anyway. We do love you. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. We will catch you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, but goodbye.